Hey there, fellow travel lovers, and welcome to Wanderlust at 35 Plus, the podcast that explores travel during our peak season of life. I'm your host, Stephanie Ritz, an entrepreneur and full-time traveler, and I'll be your guide on this incredible adventure. If you're at a point in life where you're craving more excitement, exploration, and unforgettable moments, you're in the right place, my friend. This is your ticket to discovering the world and redefining what it means to live life to the fullest. In each episode, I'll share practical tips for making travel a lifestyle and take you behind the scenes of travel life as I share the ups and downs of life abroad. So whether you're a seasoned traveler looking for fresh inspo or just starting to dream of making travel a lifestyle, Wanderlust at 35 plus is your compass to a life well-traveled and filled with adventure, and maybe even a little shenanigans. Let's go. Hey, hey, travel friend, welcome back. I've got a destination discovery episode for you today with a plot twist. When we were little, our parents told us not to talk to strangers. Fast forward a couple of decades, and we literally talk to strangers across the world on the internet, put our business on social media for everyone to see, and have random people pick us up and drive us around in Ubers. This isn't going to be one of those back in my day stories, but it really blows my mind to think about how much has changed since we were little. It's strange to think back to those pre-internet times, like how did we even survive without Google? And here I am today sharing a story of how I met a random woman on social media and ended up going on safari in Kenya with her and her friends who I had never met. If that isn't the start of an epic thriller movie, I don't know what is. So let me tell you how this all came to be and the incredible adventure that ensued. I think we can all agree that 2020 was a weird year. For me, that was the year my bucket list trip to South Africa was canceled. I was an empty nester and I started my business alongside my corporate job. With an unusual amount of time at home, like many of you, I turned to social media. I spent a lot of time on Clubhouse, which is a social audio app. Anyone could log on and listen or join in on a conversation about any topic imaginable with people from around the world. It was really nice to hear people's voices while not having to do your hair or get dressed since you couldn't see the people on the other side. This setup also created a really interesting atmosphere. Being somewhat anonymous created a space where people were just really honest and talked about things in a really transparent way that created fast connections. It sort of felt like Big Brother. We were all in a room together and nobody knows who we are, so we could just say anything. And people did. But it was awesome because I started finding clients in rooms about business and entrepreneurship, and I found a whole travel community. It was like a whole new world had opened up to me, and I found my people. With hours and hours spent talking about travel, I started to develop a trust and friendship with some of these strangers. Fast forward a year of sharing space and talking travel, this woman I had come to know in the travel community talked about her safari plans for May of 2022. Still licking the wounds of my canceled African safari, I reached out to her to ask for more information. 
serendipitously, she had one spot still open for her trip. With the transportation limitations to get around Kenya, there was literally only one space left. And with no hesitation, I took it. I didn't know a lot about Katie or this group of nine strangers, but I took a leap of faith and sent her the deposit. Spoiler alert, this ended up being an incredibly wonderful group of humans. I couldn't believe it. They were all about my age group, two couples and the rest single, amazing people who I had so much in common with. Since this safari, I've met up with two of them as we've crossed paths on our travels around the world, and we had such a fun reunion in D.C. just this past November. So internet strangers have become friends, and I'm so grateful for social media for bringing us together. So let's get into this epic safari. I will say that of all the trips that I've taken around the world, this one really touched my soul. As a huge animal lover, this was truly a magical experience. I had the pleasure of not having to plan anything except for the transportation to get there. My online friend turned in real life friend Katie coordinated our safari around Kenya with Good Earth Tours. I would absolutely tour with them again. Our guides were amazing. The itinerary was terrific. The safari transportation was comfortable. And the communication and flow through each part of the trip was wonderful. Our tour guides were John and Steve. Both men were kind, knowledgeable, and really easy to chat with. They were flexible with the needs of our group. And what I loved most is that they shared in the joy of the safari. You could tell that they loved spotting the animals and sharing their knowledge. They truly helped to make this trip so memorable. So many thanks to John and Steve. So I thought it would be helpful for this particular destination discovery to actually take you through our itinerary of our week-long safari in Kenya. Talk about the hotels, the food, the game drives, the experience in general. Give you some tidbits along the way and hopefully give you an idea of what it might look like for you if you wanted to plan a week-long safari in Kenya as well. So let's start with day one. I actually arrived a day early and booked an extra night at Serena Hotels in Nairobi. So coming into Nairobi after dark isn't the most comforting vibe. So I was happy to have a driver pick me up, which was included in the safari. The hotel was beautiful. This gem tucked into the bustling city of Nairobi was a lovely way to start our adventure. The staff was welcoming and the hotel offered all the amenities you would desire. The breakfast buffet offered a great variety and a beautiful indoor-outdoor dining space, and it's where I got to meet our group for the first time. The evening of everyone's arrival, we all took an Uber to Nairobi Street Kitchen. This was such a fun location to connect with new friends. They have a variety of like food truck style options, so you can have your choice of cuisine and then meet up with everyone to eat and chat. There were also great bars, mixing up some local cocktails, and a rooftop space to enjoy the open air or watch a game. It felt more like a sports bar with multiple TV screens on the rooftop. So after a night of getting to know one another and the drinks flowing, we had a great time, and then it was time to go back to the hotel and prepare for our adventure the next day. So on day two, we were transferred to Wilson Airport to fly to Samburu. The airplane was really small. It was one of those tiny passenger planes, and the flight was extremely bumpy. 
I got very, very motion sick on the plane. So it wasn't a pretty start, but it was all uphill from there. When we touched down and I got my bearings back, we had our first unofficial safari on our way to Samburu Lodge. We were up close with giraffes, elephants, ostriches, and a bunch of new species of animals I had never even heard of. It truly took my breath away to be this close to them as they casually strolled in front of us or had a nap in the shade of a tree as we drove by. I was already in awe of this spectacular place, and we hadn't even officially gone on our first game drive yet. So after marveling at the animals and breathing in the vast landscape, we arrived at Samburu Lodge. The lodge brought an authentic experience to our stay. It was very warm, even in the evenings, and everything was open air. The lobby and dining area had no windows or screens, so we were visited by lots of beautiful birds and mischievous monkeys all around the lodge, including on our room balconies. The lodge had a lovely pool, a gift shop, and a person on site that offered massages. There was security all around, and the dining staff was always prepared to shoo away the monkeys. Unlike other accommodations, Samburu Lodge did impose electric and Wi-Fi limitations. At a certain hour, the electricity and Wi-Fi were turned off, and it did get quite warm in the rooms. We couldn't open the windows or doors because there was no screens to stop the bugs and monkeys from coming in. So the room was really spacious and authentic feeling, but that was definitely a downside. Before we move on, I want to talk about the food. There were a few themes that we experienced across all our accommodations, although each place did have a unique touch. There was generally a heavy influence of Indian cuisine. Eggs and desserts may not be prepared as you would have them at home. All drinks outside of juice, coffee, or tea are generally an additional charge, and that includes bottled water and soda. And it's easy to overeat as everything is buffet style for breakfast, lunch, and dinner unless you eat outside of the hotel, which in most locations, you'd be hard-pressed to find a local restaurant. I can also say that the Wi-Fi was generally spotty at all accommodations. My T-Mobile international plan did the trick to stay in touch with my group on WhatsApp, and I felt okay about not constantly being connected. I mean, of all the vacations, this is the one to be unplugged. Okay, so moving on to day three in Samburu. We enjoyed two game drives daily with the option to skip them if we preferred some relaxation time by the pool. The easygoing nature of the activities was appreciated since it was a lot of moving from place to place, but each location had specific wildlife and cultural activities that made the moving around worth it. Every game drive was spectacular. Some had more wildlife than others, but just driving through the land was so lovely and honestly mind-blowing. My prior safari experience was limited to Six Flags Safari in New Jersey, (laughs) so this was just a little bit different. I was truly in awe of the vastness of the land, and the guides did a wonderful job of sharing stories and giving us information to pass the time as we roamed the area while we were on the lookout for animals. During the day three game drive, I was sitting in the front seat when a family of elephants went strolling by directly in front of us. They were in a single file line, 
And as each one passed, they turned to look directly at us. I could feel each of them with the warmth of their look. There was no threat or feeling of danger, almost like two people smiling at one another as they crossed the street. It was so moving. It was one of those moments I can still feel it and picture it in my mind with such an incredible feeling of just connection to the animals. So moving on to day four. After breakfast, we drove to Sweetwater's, which was several hours in the car. Serena Sweetwater's camp was by far the most unique stay of the trip, and I would add an additional night if I were planning this trip again. The accommodations were all fully functioning tents. Some people may refer to it as glamping. You have electricity, a fully functioning bathroom with a shower, and a nice comfortable bed. But instead of walls, you're in a tent. Directly in front of the tents is a huge watering hole that is separated by fencing for guest protection. The watering hole attracts all kinds of animals, so you get a close-up look at elephants, rhinos, zebra, buffalo, and all kinds of other wildlife. It was really cool to sit outside on the tent patio or watch from the hotel restaurant and see the animals literally right there getting a drink of water or enjoying a little bath. The food options at Sweetwater's was also one of my favorites. They had a great variety, and the view of the watering hole was just incredible. There were two activities offered during our stay in Sweetwaters in addition to the game drives. We had the opportunity to see the last remaining white rhinos and the chimpanzee sanctuary. Both of these were an opportunity to contribute to the local preservation efforts for the animals. I opted for a rest instead of doing the white rhino tour, but the chimpanzee sanctuary was... Again, a great way to support local efforts, but we didn't actually get to see many of the chimps while we were there. But it still might be worth a quick stopover to learn about their story and how you can support them. So moving on to day five, we had a three-hour drive to our next stop in Lake Nakuru with a stop at Thompson Falls. The drive between each location was actually really interesting, even though it was a bit long. We were able to see more of the Kenyan culture outside of the wildlife lands. And Steve and John are both from Kenya and were able to give us a lot of great information about the economy, politics, education, and general way of life. They also were very proactive at each stop, making sure that they were giving us guidance on best safety practices and warning us against aggressive sales tactics. I want to emphasize, though, I never felt unsafe. The stop at the waterfall was short, but it was beautiful and a nice place to stretch our legs along the journey. The accommodations at this stop were at Sarova Lion Hill Lodge, and they were also really lovely in attached twin home style rooms with little outdoor seating areas. The room was again spacious, had everything you need for a comfortable stay, and there was a lovely pool and bar area to enjoy some pre-dinner cocktails. The dining had a bit of a different vibe here with live music and a fun staff, and there was even a conga line going at one point. It was a really enjoyable stay at Sarova. The game drives here brought more thrilling animal encounters. 
It's hard to put into words just how incredible it is to be face-to-face with these animals, both big and small. I had no idea there were so many different breeds of giraffes and zebra. We learned about how dictics make it for life and that they literally die of heartbreak if they lose their mate. We watched as leopards stalk their prey and the impalas would pause and stare at signs of predators off in the distance. I mean, it was just amazing. So this brings us to day six. This part of the trip was a long but worthwhile drive. Again, our guides were wonderful about sharing stories and information along the way. We had several stops to break up the trip, and this final leg of the trip was my favorite. Even seeing views of flamingos was incredible. Now, I've seen my fair share of flamingos having spent several years in Florida, but never in mass amounts like this that literally looked like a sea of pink. So we started this leg of the trip with a visit to the Maasai village. This was an incredible cultural experience. We were welcomed with dancing and song as we were introduced to their home. We received a tour of their homes, which the women build from clay when they get married. They showed us how they live and an insight into their daily routines. And it was a really lovely experience. Afterward, we had the opportunity to buy their handmade souvenirs with a personal guide from the tribe to assist us, aka to ensure that we bought something. After the village, we made our way to our hotel, stopping along the way to stand on the border of Kenya and Tanzania. The views from Serena Mara Hotel were gorgeous. And the rooms are well-designed for an authentic local feel while still providing an elegant experience. You can take in the views from your room balcony, the pool, or one of the lovely outdoor seating areas available. The game drives in the Maasai Mara were spectacular. Despite it still being the low season, the animals came out and we got an incredible close-up experience. One of my favorite days of the safari was day seven. We got up early for a sunrise balloon ride. It almost didn't happen as the rain postponed our start, so we didn't get to see the sunrise in the air, but it didn't matter. It was a stunning view from the sky. We saw lions running and fighting. We flew over giraffes. We spotted hippos going for a swim and elephants all walking closely together through the bush. The view of the land was truly breathtaking. So after a spectacular morning in the clouds, we were greeted in the bush with a singing welcome as we were invited to a sit-down buffet-style brunch. It was a really special experience to have the opportunity to eat in this outdoor space where the animals roam, with made-to-order omelets and a full spread of breakfast options and drinks. This is an experience you must do on your Kenya safari. After another day of game drives, we did our own version of a sundowner. We ordered drinks at the hotel and our tour guides packed them in a cooler and found us a nice spot to put a blanket, have a drink, and take in the sunset. It was a truly unforgettable day. Which then brings us to day eight. Just when you think you've seen it all, after a dozen game drives over the past week, it would have been easy to just skip the last morning and relax before heading home. But if I had, I would have missed one of the most thrilling game drives of the week. 
a pride of lionesses and their cubs came walking down the road directly toward us. They walked past our vehicle and then laid behind the wheels to take in some shade. It was like mind-blowing incredible. They were so close, I could have reached out and touched them, but I kind of wanted to keep all of my limbs. So of all the things I saw, this was the most gripping. Kenya truly touched my soul, and it's an experience I'll never forget with a group of strangers that are now friends. I'm happy to report that I had a much less eventful flight back to Nairobi than I did on the flight out. There was no airport. It was literally just a landing strip in the middle of nowhere. So that was a unique experience. But I'm so grateful for how the universe brought us all together for this life-changing experience. I am certain I will go back to continue this adventure. Before we close out, though, I have one big tip that was an absolute game changer for my experience. There's an eco-friendly spray called permethrin. I think I'm saying that right. I'll link to it in the show notes. You spray this on everything to keep the bugs away, and it worked incredibly well. I never got a bite, and I'm always that girl who ends up covered in bites. So this was a serious lifesaver. And that's a wrap on our destination discovery for Kenya. So until next time, my friend, when the universe opens up an opportunity for adventure, make sure you grab it. See you next time. Thanks for listening and being a part of our Wanderlust at 35 Plus travel community. I hope you're feeling inspired and excited to start planning your next adventure. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed our travel chat, a five-star rating and review goes a long way in helping other travel lovers to find us. My friend, this is the perfect time to write your own travel story. So whether you're a newbie, a seasoned explorer, or a solo traveler, now is the time to fulfill those travel dreams and start making memories. Until next time, remember, life is short, but the world is wide. Let's make every moment count. Safe travels, and I'll see you on the next episode of Wanderlust at 35 Plus.